Welcome to the Immigrant Dilemma Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Today, we're going to be talking about the natural hair and immigration. This is the part two. So if you already listened to part one, thank you so much for that. In part one, we literally talk about the history of hair in African community. We also went through the natural hair movement, how it impacted um, what's happening today. We made the difference between the natural hair movement in the 70s and natural hair movement in the 21st century let's just put it like that we also talk about how whatever is happening in the usa had a huge impact on the west rest of the world so that's really amazing it's very positive um it's all because of these amazing african-american youtubers that i can say today i'm very proud of my hair and i was really happy to do the transition so in part two what we're going to be talking about it's literally more in details we're going to be talking about the civil rights era in the United States, why it started, and how we can feel some similar themes today. We're also going to be talking about how popular culture um, has a huge, huge impact on how you see yourself and how you see others, and on that natural hair movement as well. Um, and what really interests me coming from the Caribbean, I really want to portray the Caribbean ideology of natural hair because I feel like we're talking a lot, especially like on the internet, on YouTube, we're talking a lot about like, um, how African-Americans sees, um, natural hair or how just black people sees natural hair, but Caribbean people also, I feel like just have a specific idea of of what it is to really really care about your natural hair so uh, that's really what I'm going to be talking about and also we kind of have a little different history I mean it's all related at the end of the day but it's just we're going to be doing a lot of nuances here so that's what we're going to be talking about so stay tuned thank you the civil rights era in the United States. So, the Afro. In the 1960s, what did it mean? It was an expression of pride, connection, power, revolution, and differentiation in the African-American community. So, the Afro first gained popularity with performers, artists, activists, youth, and nationalists. So, since then, we can see how popular culture had a huge impact on movements, basically. So young black Americans were throwing their hair as a way to portray the style of the Black Panthers and to convey their racial pride. So we all know like the Afro movement started in New York, but it was Angela Davis the Queen herself. She was a college professor at UCLA and an associate of the Black Panther Party who was the pioneer in the Afro movement. She's the one who made it as a political statement basically. So in embracing naturalism, she glorified the black aesthetics and facilitated its power to connect blacks to the civil rights movements. So that's all we're gonna talk about the civil rights era. We just wanna go through history just to understand where really the natural hair movement is coming, what is it about, and I'm doing this connection really because so many people confuse today that 
if you want to keep your natural hair, it's because you want to make a political statement. I do understand in the 1960s to the 1970s all the way, it makes total sense to connect this with political statement. But today, the natural hair movement in the 21st century is it really a political statement. So that's kind of the comparison we want to do today and we want to understand that. So I'm going to compare right now for the natural hair movement in the popular culture in the 21st century. Is it really the same thing as like back then in the 1960s? I'm not sure. Maybe some people can connect it with to the political statement, but it's not really everyone that does that. So let's talk about the natural hair movement in the 21st century. So the Afro-American culture is really increasing like crazy people are embracing the natural hair they're contributing to society and to media again we're having artists um, activists performers um, so many people like in the media helping us really really portray good positive um, image of the natural hair we also have singers like Solange Knowles like doing her song about like don't touch my hair honestly really that was dope we have Maya Angelou she talked about it we have Lupita and Nyong'o really she's the first first black woman with her natural hair to win an award in Hollywood that was really amazing um, we have also artists like Sonia Clark we also had Miss Universe who won um, who won uh, the, the Miss Universe that was really amazing um, we're just seeing more and more everyday women that look like us and really that are embrace, embracing their, themselves and their natural hair every time I see one woman like doing amazing things and winning stuff on TV I'm like yes so it just portrays that it's possible for us just the way we are we don't have to act anymore like the other or like how we're supposed to act like we don't need to fake it we just can be ourselves, love ourselves. it's just amazing and let's not forget about the natural youtube ladies natural hair youtube ladies honestly they're my fave all the blogs i don't know what would i do without them it's really amazing so i feel like when you add all these different forms of media as well and um really how it's showing the embracing the natural hair and skin and like just the way you are just all this concept for me it's really amazing and it shows that it is probably different than the political statement connection in the 1960s to 1970s so it is really explained that the natural hair movement is different from the black pride movement in some at some levels um, the natural hair phenomena really have grown greatly and black women are striving to be healthier that's the first 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 criteria about the natural hair movement in the 21st century it's real about like using maybe healthy products for some but the first reason why for example me personally the first reason why i went natural is really to stop putting the chemicals we're having so many diseases right now and like it is a chemical we're putting in our head i just don't understand how like that's crazy so um that's the first reason and then also 
we just want to consume less as well it's so much money for nothing and it's not like it's doing any benefits to us it's like we're paying to be sick that's just how i see it like i could spend that money somewhere else it doesn't mean like we're having any social class problem or any like economical problem like it's really like i could just use that money somewhere else it's just not worth it and um so it's really about that and also let's not forget about the documentary good hair that chris rock did that was really amazing an american comedian chris rock everybody should know him i don't need i don't think i need to introduce him so um, he really explored the role of hair in the life of african-american but again it's really directed to african-american but a lot of us can like can really really relate to this like i'm from canada and it's basically the same thing so um there are really many youtube videos which depict the big chop for example so chris rock talked about this a little bit in the good hair um documentary and he also talked about how african women african-american women of varied backgrounds and any woman and men with different curl pattern for example are embracing their natural hair so today there are like entire website dedicated to this movement entire website dedicated to like tips on how to how to like treat your hair or nurture your hair i should say it's really really amazing and a lot of them are like super known like we have naturality.com curlyniki.com afrobilla.com like everyday women and men are posting about the natural hair journey and giving tips on transitioning this is just amazing for me like i i personally like would not think we would go that far and especially like we're coming from a long way like we're coming from using the chemicals to have the straight hair so we can fit into the dominant culture which is mainly white and so we can look like them to get jobs to fit in the society to get like opportunities and right now we're just getting jobs getting opportunities with our foe that's like amazing talk about how caribbean people see natural hair so before let's go back a little bit on history so as i mentioned in part one in early african civilization the hairstyles could indicate a person's family background tribe and social status and this is from a bbc article called how does black hair reflect black history it was written by Ruminaya jarangir so honestly i took this sentence because i just feel like it's very perfect for the caribbean country ideology of natural hair it state this mentality states so in the caribbean countries if i see your hairstyle your hair type i can know exactly your family background your tribe and your social status so i that's the difference i feel with the african-american society and every time i'm like this is really important to talk about because on the internet on youtube they're really mainly talking about african-american perspective on natural hair which makes sense because there are african-americans talking about it but even people from the caribbean let's say they immigrated in usa they kind of talk again about that same mentality but i honestly did not find someone who talk about this online if you do please let me know and like comment it i'll be happy to like check all their videos 
But I feel like in the Caribbean, it's really different because, let's say, in the African American society, you have to fit in the dominant culture, which is white. But however, in the Caribbean countries, you still kind of have that mentality of fitting in the dominant culture. But what is the dominant culture in the Caribbean countries? It is not white. It's still Caribbean people. So maybe there's a bit of colorism in there but even that the focus is very much on social class it's on social status and that's the whole whole difference between american and african-american people then it's really let's say based on color mainly and then in the caribbean it's really based on money social class and like family background and basically who's your tribe so I'm gonna give an example that probably gonna help and also I'm gonna show a little bit more dif- differentiation with the African-American culture. Like in my case, for example, when I was younger, the only women I knew who did not have the perm were like sisters and like nuns in my high school. So um, I went to Catholic high school back in the Caribbean and sadly I also understood that in order to get a man, to marry you you also needed to perm your hair as a way to not only fit in like ak in brackets white society but also like i'm really talking about the point of view in the caribbean like as a way to disconnect from the lower social class individuals so it's very much a social status problem because if you don't have the perm not only like you're portrayed let's say as a nun no man is gonna choose you to be <laughs> as to be their wife but you're also trying your best to disconnect yourself to the lower social class because me when i went natural the first question of so many people were like do you need money do you need money to go to the hair salon like i'll help you out and i was like no i just decided to spend my money elsewhere and i just don't want to pay to um to get sick type of thing to put chemicals in my hair and then <laughs> get sick i just think it's just retarded but that was their first question before even asking me like why i'm doing this she was like right away like do, do you need help are you working is everything great so um so this really brings us to an economical ideology behind the natural hair so it's it's beyond really so many other stereotypes that we talk a lot on the african-american part it's really about social class like it matters so like really it's 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 funny like like i said they really asked me like if i needed money and that was coming from women from older generation so for them that's really how they see it it's for them it's really like if you do that it's a reason why you just can't afford to perm your hair just can't afford to go to the hair salon so i really took some time to process this and that's the reason why i'm doing the podcast today like it really really took me a lot of like days months to really like understand and really make the difference it was crazy i i didn't i was not able to give an answer when i had this question it, i was just like whoa what just happened so not only black people felt compelled to smoothen their hair and texture to fit it easier and also to move in society better and and also with that camouflage concept so we do a lot of that camouflage like we just had to play a game and 
in the african-american culture the game of like the camouflage is really to fit in that white society but in the caribbean is to fit in the higher social costs but again is the relationship with um the white society being the higher social cost or is it just a colored thing so that's really my question here like in the caribbean countries is really like you're fitting in the higher social cost maybe there is a color differentiation there again but the really main focus in the caribbean countries is social cost period it's really that like it's it's just a straight connection and i just think that is really really fascinating to understand that so I really wanted to portray this and do let me know by comment um, what you think. I really wanted to put that idea forward. I just feel like we don't talk about it much, but that's really, really the main difference I found between the African-American culture on natural hair and Caribbean culture on natural hair. we are at the conclusion thank you so much for listening i'm actually just gonna wrap up all the ideologies to make sure you understood everything so again it was very important for me to go back to history and explain the timeline in order to make the connection between natural hair and immigration so what's the connection here like why do i talk about natural hair and immigration together like is it even possible to relate these two so what i mean is first of all the different ideologies and also how usa had a huge impact on the natural hair movement in other countries in the world as well but I mean, it makes sense. Natural hair movement started in USA, spread out in um, on an international level. We had African American influencers. They were able to make an important impact in the community and also in the entire world. Many people would not even think of embracing the natural hair in their countries of origin. So that's where I made the connection with natural hair and immigration. So for a lot of us, the fact of immigrating in USA or in Canada or another country where people People are just a little bit more open-minded let's just put it like that um, or the movement is just much bigger you just have more people thinking like you we have the tendency to take some actions in North America that we would never do in the Caribbean because in the Caribbean you kind of like follow through this is just how you do things it's just harder to start a movement there let's say don't understand yet how and why but i just feel like it's just harder to change mentalities in the caribbean as of in north america it's like it's an ongoing society it's like it's really in a growing process so you just feel like it's moving a bit more that's really the connection i wanted to do and really like we also have bigger roots of um, so so yeah many people would not even think of embracing the natural hair i feel like in their like countries of origin 
and there's also the fact like the roots of the african and caribbean countries with slavery the idea of fitting in the dominant culture aka white culture is still present even nowadays on so many levels so black people felt compelled again to use that camouflage concept so this idea would be valid for african and caribbean countries like that camouflage like i said in the african-american culture would be like to fit in in the white society basically but in the caribbean countries it's to fit in the higher social costs so um that's really a whole difference so in conclusion the evolution of african-american history and immigration would be the triggers to the fact of embracing your natural hair so many of us learn to love our natural hair after moving to america and then we are influencing the the other women from other countries in the rest of the world so it would be just different and positive impact by default to our fitting process into the dominant culture we're kind of also getting ourselves aware of all these stereotypes because when you're coming from like the Caribbean countries i say it's your country you're from there you're kind of in the circle so it's also like a virtuous circle you don't see these things all the stereotypes like i was really aware of all these culture differences and concept when i immigrated to canada because they kept telling them to me every day they made sure that i did not forget where i was coming from why i was like i mean thank you thanks for the help but it was like you were pointed every day about this so there's kind of like a self-awareness that happens more when you immigrate in like other countries and when you're like in your country of origin it's just like it's normal for you so that normal concept you have just you just have less you have less of a tendency to go towards a change let's put it like that it's just comfortable you're in your comfort zone but as soon as you immigrate you're you're so not used to be in your comfort zone anymore so you like kind of look for change so that's really the difference in there so um so so yeah it's like at the same time you want people wanted you to fit in the dominant culture but again you want so much change that you actually don't want to fit in the dominant culture anymore because you also want to leave behind anything that could remind you of your home so um so putting the perm is actually something that's gonna remind you of your home so many people got that twisted they think like yes having your natural hair is definitely going back to your roots but it's going back to your natural roots but your everyday life in the where you're coming from let's say if you're coming from the caribbean some of us just don't want to do what we were doing back then not putting the perm is an example changing your accent is an example so that process of fitting it is so confusing it goes both ways but it's like it depends on the person as well it depends on what really had a huge impact on you it depends on what you choose to leave behind it depends on so many things and also it depends on your experience from that country if you had a positive one maybe you just want to keep doing whatever you knew you want to stay that comfort zone but probably if you had a negative 
um, experience you probably just want to leave that comfort zone and you want to go for like anything that's different that reminds you of anything different than what you know so by default a positive movement was created and we just said bye to good hair mentality so um, we will be able to destroy the relationship of natural hair and understand social costs how we're supposed to understand it based on economic statuses so i think that's what's gonna bring up especially in the caribbean countries um are we still going to connect again natural hair with lower social costs are we going towards the fact of really putting social costs like connected with money I mean, personally, I think we shouldn't have any social class or any differentiation, but sadly, that's the society we're in. So that's really what I'm really asking myself, or is it just too much for now? But this is something I'm really digging into. It's probably going to be in my next book talk podcast. I really love this. Um, but that was really what I wanted to portray in this podcast today. If you want so, I also found some resources in the meantime that you, I would advise you to read. There are a lot of articles online that I think that was really great. There is one called Goodbye to Good Hair, How I Learned to Love My Natural Texture After Moving to America. It's written by Ilan Musiwa, so M-U-S-I-W-A. Um, there is also an article I wrote myself with Luscious Mind Food. She doesn't want to tell her name. Um, Beyonce is about to end, and there are so here we kind of portray how popular culture help us with that natural hair movement. Thank you so much. I mean, it helped us positively and negatively, but let's take the positive one. I personally wrote an article um, about like how. Um, I want to start portraying my natural hair and how I don't want to take any more sexist or racist comment as a personal threat. So that was really interesting. It was really coming from the bottom of my heart. And the last article I wrote, it's really like talking about healing from our natural hair journey. So I really invite you to follow this and to read this and follow me on my new Instagram page for the podcast called Immigrant D underscore podcast. The D is for Dilemma. So uh, thank you so much and have a great weekend.